Oh, Vanessa Poodle. What? Vanessa Poodle. No. Why not? You're a millennial. You like it when two words are mashed up. Not those two. You want Vanessa Rottweiler? No. How about Vanessa Stun Stun? What? Vanessa Stun Stun. No. Fine. We'll go with something boring like straight Vanessa. Sounds good, Michael. Hey, Vanessa. What? Perspective. That's not three words. That's one word. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Perspective. You know, I had something happen this week. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that can just go disastrous or you can have a different outlook, go with the flow. And I realized something we've talked about a lot, but there is something that makes it easier. I wish it wasn't this way, but it is. Mm -hmm. There is something that's easier to make it so that you have a better outlook. Right. We'll talk about that today. Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation. I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome back, everyone, to Fireproof Your Retirement. Filmed here in front of a live studio audience. Not filmed here, not with the way that I look right now. <laughs> They ha I have had people tell us, though, that we should start live streaming. They can get the maybe, behind the scenes. Maybe, <laughs> if we, maybe if we do it not after a workout. That's what makes it more funny. Okay. Well, anyway, welcome back, to everyone, to Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me, as she is each and every week, everyone's favorite. Hello. Didn't introduce yourself. Vanessa Markey. Hi. And today, this is the show where we talk about finance. We talk about finance in a way that I think makes sense to people, in a way that gives you things you can work on each week, and it's a way that redefines way, the way we look at money. Money does not have meaning. Money is a tool. Would you agree mm -hmm. with me? Yes. If not, you're fired. Gone. <laughs> yes! See ya! <laughs> but money's a tool, and tools don't have meaning. They have use or they have purpose, and the use or purpose of money is what? To spend it or to give it. That's it. How often, though, do we clarify those uses and, and those purposes? Not very. And it clouds, then, our judgment. It yes. Cl it clouds what we think is important. Correct. And sometimes maybe doesn't, sometimes prevents us from taking something as seriously as maybe we should. Mm -hmm. And other times makes us take something far out of context and make something far more important than it really is. Right. So we got a couple things we want to talk about today. I want to use a little-known chapter in World War II. Correct. Who thought that would have to do with finance? Oh, my goodness. 
behaviors. Mm-hmm. People think I'm a little off my rocker when I keep talking about behaviors and finance, but I think it's important. Correct. And I think I can prove today with a simple question um, how it relates. Yes. Because I had some time on my hands this week. I went to Cleveland. Yes, Cleveland, Ohio. Super fun. Now, I think Michigan people are more polite than Cleveland people. Yes. Because we were at an event. I was there for an insurance conference. I wasn't an attendee, but I was kind of like a meet and greet person. And not like the person at Walmart. I don't know why that just popped in my head. <laughs> hey, welcome. Let us know if we can help you. <laughs> Anyways. And so I go to get a drink at the bar and the guy asked me where I'm from. And he asked me, are you familiar with like Silver Lake and things like that? I said, yeah. He goes, Michigan, it's great. You just have a crappy football team. Done, done, done. And I go, I think it'll be all right this year. And he goes, not with that A and then word that rhymes with pull up there. And immediately Mike's hackles go up. <laughs> that would be cool if I was like that little dinosaur in Jurassic Park that's got like the fins behind, like, <laughs> yeah, behind the ears. <laughs> okay, anyway. Well, how cool. And then it had like a U of M sign on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Didn't have that. Anyways. But you would, that would never happen in Michigan. No. We don't just say, well, you got that. A something down there. Right. We'd just be like, it's another Ohio part. Charge them double. Right. <laughs> anyway. So I get there. It's the like the trip from you know what. I'm supposed to fly, gets canceled. I'm supposed to fly at a different airport, getting so delayed, I'm not going to make my trip. Decide to drive. Carb, I shear off the rear axle. I would like to point nope, out I told uh-uh, him nope. not Throw the flag to take on this. the car that he took. Oh, come on. Your reasoning wasn't even the reason it broke down. Doesn't matter. Told him not to do it. And if everyone listened to Vanessa, we'd all be better. But, you know, our behaviors sometimes prevent us from doing that. Anyways. So it it's, I get stranded in Marshall, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Middle of nowhere. Yep. Car's got to get towed back to Grand Haven. And I can't get a rental car till the next morning. You know, I, <laughs> I'm supposed to be there Wednesday night. I finally get in about one o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday. Right. And I got to get back on the road at 10 a.m. Friday. Right. Completely basically miss all the reasons I'm there. And I get there and I, I go directly to the conference. I then there's a little break. So I go to, to get a hotel room, like check in. They put me in a room that had already been checked into. I walk in and there's bags everywhere. Rut row. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Anyway. All these things happen and you can sit there and go, oh, this happened and this happened. Oh, I can't believe it. We've all been in this situation. Mm-hmm. We've all had it. And, you know, as you sit there and people go, wow, you've got a really good attitude. And, I, and at first you go, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just a positive person. You should see who I live with. You didn't have the phone call on Wednesday night. <laughs> there is something that makes it easier, though, to have a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. What increases stress? Lack. Pause. Of- pause. Not pause like dog pause, but like pause as in the two lines. Don't say anything. Lines. Yeah. Do couples fight about debt? No. What do they fight about? Not having enough money to pay that debt. Right. If you've got $10 million of investable assets and you've got a million dollar mortgage, but you have all the ability to pay your bills, Mm -hmm. do you fight about a million dollar mortgage? No. Do you fight about a $50,000 credit card bill? No. No. What happens though, now it's all in perspective too. Mm-hmm. If you've got this 10 million and it's, it's all fluctuates with the stock market, and I'm not saying this is a good or a bad thing, it's just something I kind of thought of right now. It dips. If you're used to 10 million and all of a sudden it's 6 million, are you worried? Yes. 
Now, if you've never had more than 600000 and you think it's $6 million, you go, I'm good. Hey, give it to me. We're good. Right, but you've not ever had the $6 million before, whereas the people with the $10 million are it, not used to a lifestyle at $6 million. They don't like. No one likes going backwards. Right. If you're 50 years old right now, if you rolled the clock back 30 years, if you're worried about money right now, okay, you rolled the clock to the 20-year-old you, and that 20-year-old you saw what you have today, would they be worried? Absolutely not. Now, you could, some people go, well, that's because of inflation. No. Because even if I adjusted it for inflation, so the 20-year-old knew, we, you know, we took your money down to what that would be represented in $1980. Right. It would still be more than what they were used to or what Correct. the younger you would be used to. Correct. But if you've never had more than $5,000 in savings and checking, you get up to eight and you get used to eight. Five used to be an accomplishment. Until you get used to eight. Right. Then suddenly five doesn't feel like a very good safety net. There's so many things that we think we know. Right. That we don't. Right. And we base opinions on that. Mm -hmm. I've been studying behaviors for, as I've said, 10 or more years, consumer behaviors with finance. It's fascinating to me. Yes, it is. And one of the things I've noticed, though, going back to the savings accounts, I've helped so many people. See, in our practice, mo what I have a big problem with the investment world is we seem to do this. We talk about investments first, then saving, then spending. Right. A big reason why I was at that conference for the IARFC, longest name ever. It's a nonprofit in the financial world, and they do it differently. Mm -hmm. They stand for save, I'm sorry, spend, save, invest. Right. So I've been studying the spending habits and, and watching behaviors. I've helped so many people, though, start putting money in savings and checking. People that maybe are only used to like two grand. Right. And they, that doesn't mean you don't have money. They could have half a million in the 401k and have two grand in savings and checking. Yeah, but it's easier to get something out of savings and checking if you end up in a car accident than it is out of your 401k. Completely agree. It should be that way. It's just done right. backwards. Anyways. So they go from two grand and, and we're helping maybe a coach would be a good um, term here. We get them to five. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple of years ago, we said, we got to we gotta get you to 15. This guy comes in. He is so happy about it. He goes, well, we're up to 15. What step now? <laughs> now we can do these other things. I go, well, over the last 12 months, were you not able to do, for the most part, all the things you want to do? Well, no, we did. I go, great. We're going to go to 30. He goes, what? What is it with you? You're always pushing us further. I go, yeah, you used to have five. Doesn't 15 feel better? He goes, yeah. I go, well, you're getting, we used Lake Michigan Credit Union with him. They got 3% interest. I go, that's pretty cool. Well, I don't want to do another 15. We don't get 3%. I just said, aha, we're going to put this 15 in your name. And then, you know, we'll call her Mary. Mary, we're going to do one in your name and you can get 3%. The 3 yeah. Too. So anyways, back to things aren't always what they seem. So here's a news story from CBS. I, at this conference, I met somebody who was a professional, used to be a dive instructor. Mm -hmm. She told me she was diving off the coast of North Carolina. Yep. On U-boat wreckage. I'm like, no, you weren't. She looks at me. What? Oh, yeah, I was. I'm like. They've said that there's there was no um, World War Two didn't come to our soil. Yeah, that we haven't had any major thing like this. And some of you maybe are going, oh, I knew that, Mike. Well, you're the minority. Let me tell you why. Here it is. A relic CBS. of a little known chapter in World War Two history. A relic of a little known chapter in World War Two history. I played that twice just so you get it. It's a little known chapter. So here we start with the story. They're on the beach in North Carolina. NOAA Superintendent David Alberg studies maritime battles. Within like three weeks of the attack on Pearl Harbor, Germans were beginning to sink ships off the East Coast. That's the war coming right 
into our backyard. Precisely. In 1942, U-boats dominated the East Coast shipping lanes. Were you taught this in your U.S. history classes? No. I wasn't. I don't remember this at all. I like how you're so much more politically correct. You you, you go no and then you soften it. You're like, well, I don't remember. I'm like, no. My teachers didn't talk about this. All we were taught was, how is that being politically America the dominant. That's what we were taught. Right. More than 80. That's how that song goes, right? Yes. <laughs> cargo ships were sunk and 1,600 lives lost in the waters off North Carolina alone. 80 ships off the waters of North Carolina alone. Right. She free drove, drove, dove the wreckage. Now, the one they're doing here is 700 feet down under the surface. It's 35 miles off. But she was talking about how close they could be that they could hear laughter. Like the U-boats would get so close they could see people on the beach. And they kind of discussed that here too. And you could look right out here and see battles. Absolutely. You'd find oil on the beaches. You'd find uh, debris. You'd see the fires at night. And unfortunately, sometimes they'd even find remains that had washed over from some of these merchant seamen and sailors that were lost. I don't know. I don't know why this is is maybe as impactful to me they they dive on this wreckage and you know i don't want to make light of it they dive on the wreckage and and, and all the I, I know they were the the enemy mm-hmm. but people are people right i mean that ohio state fan bartender guy he's still a person i think and then you rubbed it in his face that the Cavs lost so i didn't i should have but they hadn't, <laughs> they hadn't lost yet anyway <laughs> had i known you're gonna blow it at the end just so you know <laughs> anyways but all the hatches are still shut Right. You know, I'm going on a tangent there. The point I'm making is that's not what I was taught. Right. It's a little known fact in U.S. history. Right. In fact, they were told not the people who lived in North Carolina, the video goes on, were told not to talk about it or. Right. That's where the loose lips sink ships saying came from. No, they said it didn't come from that, but it was it was perpetuated. Perpetrated. Yes. Thank you. I'm having trouble this morning. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you, Vanessa Poodle. <laughs> you didn't see it, but I just got the growl. All right. Anyways. So it's not what I was taught. Right. And that's not what I would have taught others. And how does that relate to finance? I want to go back. We've talked about this before. I want to go back to 1978. We create the 401k before 401k. Is it the average American family actively buy and sell stocks or bonds, mutual funds? Mm-hmm. No. Sorry, <laughs> ADD moment. No, they did not. Yes. Welcome back. So no, they didn't. Oh. But I mean, they are today because right. if you're putting hundred bucks into your, you know, four hundred one k, that's yeah. then if each paycheck money is being taken right, out, right? Then that's split up into mutual funds or whatever, and that's bought and sold in behind the scenes shenanigans. And the mutual funds buying stocks and bonds right. on your behalf. Yes. So you are actively in it. Right. So the world has changed. So for 40 years now, people have been actively buying and selling. Right. And yet we still have financial self-help books. Mm -hmm. We still have people going broke. Right. We still have runaway credit card debt. Right. We still have over leveraging and personal finance. Right. We still don't have it figured out. Absolutely not. Why? Because you got, we had to go a direction that got people interested. Mm-hmm. And boring isn't interesting. Right. 
And boring things are sometimes the best things. Right. As an example, uh, if we had a retirement meeting to teach employees about why it's important to put in their 401k, let me give you an example of one of those. Come today, come to today's meeting to learn about how to control and manage the standard deviation, the beta and the alpha within your retirement portfolio. Snooze fest. Sorry. <laughs> I agree. I don't agree. I agree that I, I, would go, I agree that's what people would think. Right. Here's a different one. Come to today's retirement workshop to learn how you can retire earlier and with more money in retirement than you had while you were working. Sign me up. You're more likely, right? right. That one's about rate of return. That one's about the output, the outcome. It's about the fun stuff. We've right. talked about how changing the rate of return by half reduces the end result by 95%. Yet that's the one we focus on. Mm -hmm. Let me ask this. I've asked you too many times, so you already know the answer. Um, but what's better? You know, a lot of people, when I ask this face-to-face, -face, I'll say, what's better? A $5,000 savings on your taxes or $5,000 um, return on an investment? Which one do you think most people answer? The $5,000 return on your investment. And why? Because it just sounds cooler. We've been trained to answer that. Right. Because all of your retirement education has pushed you in that direction because that's what's fun. Right. If you take a 16-year-old to go car shopping and it's got 16 airbags, th that part of the conversation, they don't hear. They see old man car. What do they hear? This how many cup state. holders? Right. How fast how does it fast? go? How fast? How many of my friends can I get in this thing? Right. That's all they hear. And it better be a cool color. Right. <laughs> they don't hear about the safety piece. People don't hear about the safety and the, the retirement. The And so the tax savings, by the way, is the better one. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough time to go into that. Be careful what you think you know, because you might only know that because that's what you were taught. Right. You might focus and go, well, Mike, this strategy got me here. That's a dangerous strategy. I get that all the time. I go, it's time to pull back a little bit. It's time to be more conservative. People go, well, I'm already conservative. How do you know? Well, because I am. I asked to be. Right, but what evidence have you been given Watch to this. show you? You go to a restaurant and you ask for a medium rare steak. What's the very first thing you do? Cut it open and make sure it's medium rare. Huh. You do that with a steak. Because <laughs> if it's not, it's going back. But if you do that with a steak and yet you don't do it with your portfolio, you just it's like you're eating your steak with your eyes closed. You go, the cook said it's medium rare. Ooh, this doesn't really taste medium rare. But he said it was. People do that in finance. Mm-hmm. They never double check. They don't get another opinion because they don't know how to. It's not like you can just look at it and go, it's pink. It's good. Right. You need to come up with objective, not subjective, objective ways to qualify things. We've done that in our firm because I'm tired of the subjectivity of it. Just the opinions. It needs to be objective. If you're sitting here and you're going, God, I don't know what I was taught. Why do I believe these things? Go to one of our workshops. They're at libraries for a reason because we'll actually teach you. Call 616-589-4004. We have some coming up, actually. So I encourage you now, call 616-589-4004. If you're one of these techies, you can go online. You can sign up right there. It's www.legacyfinancialnetwork.com. Legacyfinancialnetwork.com. Let's take a quick break. Michael. What? Just because we don't have a car payment doesn't mean that you get to go on eBay and buy whatever you want because it was a good deal. All right. So a lot of our listeners know I probably have a problem when it comes to vehicles. We have old classics, even some new classics. We got you an X limo. We even have a fire truck. 
how do you find a place that can do everything? All those different type of vehicles, transmissions, oil changes, little repairs, big repairs. It's pretty hard. I've been taking all of our cars to Global Auto Works in Grand Haven for at least the last five years. And Mike asks the hard questions that nobody seems to be able to answer. So if he can trust them, so can you. If you're having car trouble, go to Global Auto Works. Their phone number is 616-499-4451. That's 616-499-4451. Say Mike and Vanessa sent you. Their number is 616-499-4451. Welcome back, everybody, to the last segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. Let's get to behaviors. Yeah. I'm serious. Okay. So I get told a lot of times, Mike, maybe you're just a little over the top. Behaviors aren't as important as what you maybe think they are in finance. Mm-hmm. First of all, a guy just won a Nobel Prize, but that's not as impressive after some other people that have recently won them. Right. <laughs> that being said, um, do behave, are in behaviors as impactful as what I talk about? Yes. I think they are. Yes. couple ways to think about it. Uh, number one, if behaviors weren't one of the biggest, um, variants factors of the outcome of a retirement, if math was the biggest variant or factor, Mm -hmm. then wouldn't it be logical for me to say that in high school or college, we would teach people how to use a financial calculator Mm -hmm. and every time they fell off the path, they would go, we're off. But then they do a calculation. But $3.50 of extra investing every month will be back on in three years. Yeah, no. Is that how people behave? No. So, but if math was the biggest factor, we would just have to teach them how to use that tool. Right. And everybody would be good and nobody would be. So that's number one. I've had other advisors say, well, you're just a little overboard. The end result, Mike, is what's most important. Okay. And they tell me that consumer behavior is not as big of a factor as what I tell people it is. Okay. If that is true, then let me ask you this. On a hot day, why wouldn't an advisor show up to their client meeting if behaviors aren't important? And it's only the math that they're doing. If it's only outcomes, right. Yep. Then an advisor should start on a hot day. Why don't they show up to client meetings in basketball shorts and a sleeveless t-shirt? Because nobody in their right mind is going to actually do business with them if they show up looking like a bum. Why don't I just dye my hair purple? No. Because people won't listen to you. Right. So what you're telling, but that makes no sense. If this is a mathematical calculation only. Aggressive. Emphasis. If this is math only, then it should not matter what kind of car your advisor drives and people go, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Yes. If they're in a 19 early, whatever, it doesn't matter what year it is. The thing's rusting apart. You know, it's parked right in front. Of it. it says, you know, Bob, because that's the advisor's name. <laughs> and it's just a clunker and it's packed to the roof with crud. People are not going to look at that as a successful person who knows what they're doing. And you walk in there and they've got just tattered clothes and their shirts dirty and it's wrinkly and it's got holes. Doesn't look like they brushed their hair. Right. They don't even have, they've got, they, apparently they took a baseball to the mouth. That's a little Let story me, most people don't know. Right. Let me take this away from finance. If behavior doesn't matter, 
why isn't Roseanne still on TV? What do you mean? If her behavior outside of her show doesn't matter, a.k.a. You mean behaviors don't matter? Right. So you're saying, go ahead. So if it doesn't matter, she should still have her show because what she does outside of it, a.k.a. the horrible things that Mm -hmm. she said on social media about somebody, then it should have no impact on her job. Because the the job would the show was great. still funny. The, the yeah, the show was great. It had it actually phenomenal, fantastic ratings, so, generated a right. ton of money. So what ABC. I tweet outside shouldn't matter because it it doesn't change the jokes. Right, it doesn't change the show. It but did it change, change the way people looked at her? Absolutely. So behaviors do matter. Right. Behaviors matter. Whether you think you're shaping somebody or influencing somebody, whether you think you are or not, you are. If I want people to, let's say that, let's say that we were, let's use, um, let's use long-term care insurance. Okay. If we start just hammering people on it and, you know, just, you know what they used to do 15 years ago? They'd say, someday you're going to need somebody to wipe your butt. It can either be a, I'm telling you, I was trained this way. I sat there going, What? They're like, someday your clients are going to need somebody to wipe their rear end. And you can tell them it can either be a paid nurse or it can be your children. Which one do you want? Do you know why no one wants to talk about long-term care insurance? And despite the fact the math is flawed and that's a totally different conversation, it's horribly expensive. It's an increasing cost on a decreasing Anyways, asset. All right. Because you got pushed into a corner. Right. You were given all of the horrible, scary. We influenced you to not want to have that conversation. Right. That's true with a ton of financial products. Is what you know, what is so? Hey, that's a good uh, move. Look at that. Is oh No, but seriously, is what you know the same as what is so? No. It might be, but do you know? You have to dig into it. U-boats went off, down off the coast of North Carolina. They were picking off boats recreational, not recreational, what do we call that? Private, non-military boats, vessels. Right, trade boats. Like a kid with a BB gun and fish in a barrel. And when did you ever find fish in a barrel, by the way? All right. Be careful of what you know. Because our industry is new. It's old, but it's new. 1978, we changed the rules. We overhauled it. And I don't think we've gotten it figured out yet. No. I don't think we pay enough attention to behaviors. And these advisors say behaviors don't matter. If they're wearing any type of ni- nicer clothes, then you already know they think it, they do. Mm-hmm. If they don't wear those clothes the moment they go home, ask them, hey, when you go home, you're wearing a three-piece suit right now. When you go home, do you change? They go, well, yeah. Why? Well, it's a little bit more comfortable. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. So you're telling me behaviors do matter. If your advisor's not talking to you about behaviors, if they're not teaching you about behaviors, then are they a fiduciary? No. They're failing as a fiduciary. Because if your behaviors are the biggest factor and they're not talking to you and they're not paying attention to them, even though they clearly know they matter because they're wearing nice clothes, then therefore they're not. And what we mean by this is if you are investing and the calculator says that what you're doing is right, but you're sitting at home spending $5,000 a month when you can only spend three or afford three, if you don't have that's that, a problem. You don't have that savings account. You don't right. have that emergency account. Do you know how much income you have coming in right now and how much goes out? Mm-hmm. 
and how much will be coming into retirement. Mm-hmm. Do you have that plan? Most people don't. And are you being taught about behaviors? Because hopefully from today you see how impactful behaviors are. I get wound up. Yeah. I'm wound up now. Yeah, I know. Get taught about behaviors. Come to our system. You know, it doesn't have to be us. Find somebody else who's been studying behaviors for a decade who understands one segment. I'm not good for 20 and 30 year olds because I don't get their behaviors. They don't like me. I make fun of millennials. They're like, you are a millennial. I know. It sucks. Anyways. Find somebody that's been studying behaviors. It doesn't have to be us. Find somebody who's going to teach you about these because that's the impactful factor. Go to one of our workshops. Learn a little bit about behaviors and finance and, and savings. Spend, save, invest. That's the order. Let us help you. Go to Legacy Financial Network. I'll try that again. You can go to LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. You can sign up right online. It's LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. We have some coming up in the next week. Uh, or give us a call, 616-589-4004. 616 589 Till next week, we are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.